Next, we have Mama showing up. It's like, I don't that even word. know her name. Like, I've just written all my notes have her oh. as Aunt Viv, which is ridiculous. Oh, the woman's name is Denise. Name's, uh, the woman's Denise. Denise. The woman's name is Denise. Yeah. Let's give the character some respect. Yeah, um, give, her, so, give her her name. I'm Jenna. And I'm Khadija. Welcome to the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. We've created this space for fans of the horror noir film genre that crave nuanced representation and commentary. From the perspectives of Black women, Black storytellers, and Black horror fans who geek out and freak out <laughs> over anything that gets us gooped and spooked. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, <laughs> welcome like back that. to another episode of the Ghouls and Galdam podcast. Check our episode descriptions for content and trigger warnings if your head or your heart requires that information, fam. And of course, remember that there will be many spoilers ahead. Dogs, we have big mouths, big mouths <laughs> in the internet at our all disposal. We do all we do is chat <laughs> Tell all people business. All right. <laughs> Talk about the people that business in the movies, them. <laughs> right? And the people we talking about today are the cast of Single Black Female 2022. An American thriller written by Sarah Jones and Tessa Evelyn Scott and directed by Sherry L. Carpenter. Yo. And there's so many people that you love in this movie. There's so there's many so people many that you love ones. in this movie. So many you got good your ones. Glee fans. You got your Amber Riley collective. Oh, a queen. You got <laughs> your K. Michelle Hip Hop Atlanta collective. Yep, for all you loving <laughs> hip hop heads. Mm-hmm. And we even got Aunt Viv. Aunt Viv made a lifetime appearance. <laughs> we can't forget our Janet lady. Huber. We can't forget our girl Raven Goodwin. Who, no, you know, no, she's the star of the show. She's the star. She's the star. It's her show. It's her film. It's all about her and the aftermath of her father's passing. Yeah, that's kind of what we end up coming into. We see a beautiful, you know, meadow park. You got people playing and she's just sitting there and you're like, okay, something's wrong. And she's dressed in black. Then her friend comes. We don't know who she is yet, but we assume it's her friend. She comes in and she's like, Quarter for your thoughts. And she's like, bitch, it's Penny. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> but she's expensive. Her thoughts are expensive. So right? it's a quarter for her thoughts. You know, and you know what? We love a queen that respects her worth, that knows her worth, and tells her right? friends what their worth is. Mm-hmm. And even brings a gift. Yeah, a wind yes. chime. An odd gift yeah. to bring to the park before a funeral. But... You know, must be some sort of inside joke there that I, that the rest of us don't know about. Oh, it was it was cute though, because you know they were like, because we don't know this yet, but like, because we're like, okay, something's happening. Everybody like, she's wearing black, she's wearing black. The only time you wear black, and it's the summer. I don't know if you really like black or you're going to a funeral. You only <laughs> you got two options. It's either all black and, everything, like that's either the lifestyle or you're here, you're or you're prepared for a funeral. You're grieving. Grievances. And they make this little thing because I guess I think her dad said something like on the ends of, 
every time like a, a wind chime, it's like an angel getting their wings or like an angel is watching over you or some cute little anecdotal thing like that. And you're like, dad, that's so beautiful. And then it turns out it's his fucking funeral. So like, yeah, it that's why it's extra funeral. sad. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to his funeral and Monica played by Raven Goodwin, is up there giving the eulogy. And she has some really beautiful words to say about her father, in addition to his thoughts on wind blowing and angels fluttering their wings. She quotes him as having saying that, you know, if you want to see the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. And we get the sense that she adored her father and is Mm -hmm. very cut up about him being gone. No, she loves her daddy. And like, mm-hmm. you see everybody and and you see Aunt Viv in the corner. You're like, okay, cool. You're in here too. Cool. Thanks for coming. Appreciate <laughs> you being in this movie. Love that. And then you see, okay, it like, it, it looks ominous, but it's also just pretty obvious because like, then you see like this person sitting by themselves with like a hat with like a veil and you can't see like their face. Big, and you're big like, big hat. A big, a big, big ass hat. Big, big hat that is clearly <laughs> intended to conceal their identity. Right, but we know who it is. Like, they're Do both we? on the fucking cover, okay? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, you easily figure out who that other person's gonna be, and you know that the movie is based on the original single white female where someone comes in and tries to take over another person's life. Okay, so yes, yeah, you can assume life. that you know who she, who that person is. Right, but But for don't. the purpose of beginning the story, we don't know who she is yet. <laughs> No, she's a mystery. One thing I want to point out is that Monica's boyfriend, Andre, who's played by Kevin Savage, is sitting Mm. there and during the eulogy and this man's phone goes off like, my guy, you couldn't put that shit on vibrate. (laughs) Like, honestly, that'd be so like, I honestly, I understand accidents happen all the time, but like. Oh, no, man. No, that's your girl's dad. Like, you obviously talked to him. You knew who he was. Slash, like, it is a funeral. So it's like, you know, it's extra quiet. With lots of tears. Shows of respect. But then we end up at the after party. Because, you know, at every funeral, there's usually an after party. Everybody's crying. So everybody wants to eat. I think it's called a repast, not an after party. (laughs) (laughs) You can call it whatever you fucking want to call it. I'm pretty sure that the people who are grieving wouldn't refer to it as an after party. You know, sometimes people call it a celebration of life. So like, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) You call it whatever you want. There's going to be potato salad, egg salad, and some type of cold cut sandwich. Okay. Maybe some hot food. If you're from another place that likes to put hot food in their tang. You know what I mean? You're right. You're right. You're right. There's also some strong liquor, which Andre hands a glass of to Monica and also suggests that they go upstairs to have sex, you know, like grief, grieving, grief, sex. Yeah. Weird move, dog. I didn't know how to take it because I was like, okay, it's a cute joke, but also like everybody, everybody says it. It's the most interesting thing that everybody talks about like the phenomenon about funerals and people fucking at funerals and personally i just think it's an excuse for people to fuck people at funerals because i don't know maybe you do want to have sex when you're sad but maybe you don't so i feel like the people who do troll 
are just Listen, using that as an excuse. Your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. Okay? Is it a kink, though? I mean, the idea of having sex at a funeral, you got to really be able to separate the idea of death and, and mourning and all of that to be able to get it up, in my opinion. I guess, yeah, because maybe there is a little thing that it's like, oh, yeah, we're at a funeral and like crying makes me this hard or crying makes me wet. I don't, mm. I don't, you know what? The smell Leave of the mouth hide. Really gets me going. <laughs> oh, it's my getting God. Weird that loud now. wailing really gets me. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> so this is where we actually get to meet OG Aunt Viv, who plays Monica's mm-hmm. mom, and cannot stand. It's very clear that she cannot stand Andre. Ooh, no, she can't. We don't know why. We don't know why. She just can't. In addition to her to expressing her distaste for Andre, she starts criticizing the eulogy that Monica gave for not mentioning her father's financial accomplishments and generosity. Mm-hmm. It's clear that this is something that Monica has separated from her father's memory because she chose to focus on how kind he was and how wise he was. And it seems like whatever kind of leader or member of something that he is, because eventually we find out he's the mayor, like mm-hmm. we find that out. And so the mayor I assume, of Houston. Yes, specifically. Because we in the dirty South. <laughs> Beyonce's home. Yeah, she's from Houston, right? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, she is. Yeah, oh, yeah she, she is from is. Houston. I've, Houston I've Rockets. Yes, yeah, she is. Uh, <laughs> so in the good, good land of Houston, like we said, Monica's father was the mayor, and so we are shortly introduced to her best friend that we met earlier before the funeral, BB, who is another individual that can't seem to stand Andre. And make sure to point out that Andre is a mm, mo- less than successful actor who yeah. um, <laughs> who specializes yeah. in erectile dysfunction commercials. Um, yeah. Whereas Get Monica, <laughs> whatever you do, you know, listen, we all have to start somewhere, okay? Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of commercials in my past too, none of them for dysfunctional, you know, erectile dysfunction simply because that just wouldn't apply to me. Anyway, in opposition to Andre being an actor who specializes in erectile dysfunction commercials, we learned that Monica also works in TV and Mm -hmm. is an accomplished television talk show anchor. She hosts a talk show, uh, co-hosts a talk show that is a very important detail. She co-hosts a talk show with a woman named Elodie. Yeah, Elodie. And the two of them you know, getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but the two of them are very interested in taking over for a bigger show at the network, I guess, that's solo hosted by a woman named Clark Michelle. Yep, Miss Michelle. That kind of sets up a bit of the rivalry that we'll see come out from those two characters. Yeah. It's spicy. It is spicy, but I will say BB is a hoot and a half and a holler. I'm so glad that Kay Michelle decided to do this only because like she's just too funny. She's just like, yeah, look at look at that geriatric looking handsome ass man over there. Oh my and God. she's like, oh right? My God. Like she's Oh my God. 
She's creeping on old man's at this funeral. And not just Monica's old men, like, but her friend's great uncle. It is Monica's great uncle that she's creeping on. And, and Monica puts her in her place about it, which is hilarious. <laughs> right? And then they start talking about like relationships. Cause I guess uh BB hasn't had a man in a minute. And I guess she really wants to have a man. And she's like, I don't do that online dating stuff because, like, I like catfish, but I don't like being catfished. And I was like, holy <laughs> fuck. It's okay. a great line. Okay. It was a great I line. I see you. I yeah. see you. We learn a lot about these women's relationships. And it seems like Monica and Andre, despite the opinions of her best friend and mom, are, you know, they're happy. He's there to support her through her father's funeral, and she's so thankful for him being there. However, cut to two weeks later, and she wakes up in bed, immediately, you know, put takes a photo on her bedside of the two of them, turns it face down, which mm-hmm. is a constant theme in this movie, turning photos yeah, face down. Yeah, lots of pictures face down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. She gets up. She throws some of his stuff into a box and you mm-hmm. see her, like she's working on her bounce back bod. She's getting ready for work. Uh, box to and- the left. Take it. <laughs> she, everything you own, everything he owns is in a box to the left. That's right. She's, she's getting ready for work, but she got to stop at the altar of Oprah on her way out. Give mama Oprah her oh deuces. And as she steps out of her house, she runs into her neighbor, Mrs. Fletcher, who's running at the mouth about not liking people in her business while drinking a peach schnapps at 8 a.m. And definitely has something to say about Andre and Monica having broken up. Yeah, she's just like, honestly, she kind of just writes her off. I think that is what Mitch Fletcher is. I think she is a write-off. She's like, I don't like nobody. And so you get a... Very, very good understanding that this woman doesn't like anybody but talks to people. Yeah, she's a curmudgeon old lady, and she plays the part very well. The actor in that role is Gail Everett Smith, and we want to give her her flowers, mama. So, we cut. It's a nice restaurant. We got Monica. We got BB. They're having breakfast or brunch or lunch. I don't know what they're having, but it looks good, and it's the daytime. So they're like kicking with each other and like getting like the, you know, the new the new dish of what's happening in their lives. Like Turns you do with your girls, or you your have to boys, or your theys, your friends, any your friend your, any of your peoples. You have to tell them your things because like gotta, I don't know. You gotta it's either it it's either that or you pay for therapy. Like hopefully <laughs> you can pay for therapy, but like sometimes that's the free option. <laughs> you know, if it's good, if it's bad. Well, I guess you'll have to figure that out for yourself. (laughs) But we find out the dish that Andre cheated on her and it was gross. It's really bad. It's pretty elaborate as well. How did she find out? How did she find out? How did she find out? Some random just sent her a bunch of shit. Just sent her a bunch of photos. She got DM'd some smut. Nastiness. Some videos, (laughs) some everything of them fucking. Like of these two people. But we don't know who these people are because I guess you can't see their faces. So like, well, yeah, we know one of them is Andre, but there's a mystery woman in the video that he was not right. Boots but with. I really, I really need to understand though, like what the video looks like. I get it; you can film from a certain type of angle, but I'm like, well, I guess like she could have been on top and could have like posted it like that, 
You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I think there's a lot of crafty whatever. ways that you could film a video without, you know, revealing the identity of the two participants. Of the people. I'm right? not speaking and so from it's like, experience, Ooh. of course. <laughs> <laughs> and so we we have a little bit of that. And then don't they start talking about how she wants to get the spot on tea time? Yeah, so Monica expresses to her best friend, Bibi that she's looking at this. Uh, she's got her sights set on this promotion at work. She wants to get promoted to solo host of Tea Time. We cut to work where she is interacting with her co-host, Elodie, who's played by Aaron Ownby. And yeah. we get the sense that these two have like a good rapport. They're good friends. You know, they're co-hosts of this of this smaller show on the network. And they talk about the fact that they're both going out for the lead for the lead host position. And, you know, it seems like they're setting up what could be some friendly competition, which is to be expected in professional environments like that. Right. Honestly, the whole thing is weird because like one thinks they're the friend. The other one is like clearly like I don't really give a fuck about you, but I'm not going to tell you. And then, like, weirdly puts it out there, like, oh, like, if one of us gets it, like, we're still friends, right? But, like, we're going to push each other. And, like, we're going to, like, fight for this. Like, you know? And I'm like, whoa. If anybody, if if any one of my friends (laughs) told me that we were going to fight over (laughs) a thing, I would not be their friend no more. That that would would be the end of that. It's either you support me in this while I support you in your endeavors or we just part ways. Yeah. Like I don't like, we don't need to, we don't need to fight for something that if we both think we deserve it, then it's like, well, let the chips fall as they may. And then you either have the job or I get the job and then we're still friends. So I don't really trust Miss little Elodie. I mean, I, I, I couldn't trust her as far as I could throw her, but you know who I do trust? Fine ass floor director. Eric Lawson. Yeah, no, he's hot. Eric Lawson. No, that was... Played by Diwali Ellis. Ooh. And, uh, you know... It's a thing. He rushes to help Monica remove her, her mic after they <laughs> It's so rap. cute. <laughs> and he's getting a little frisky. You know, he's not overstepping any bounds. I feel he's not... He's, he's, he's being he's respectful. Not, he's just, he, like, he's just the little talking. Mic is, the little mic is pinned to her, her shirt. And he looks a little bit nervous to reach over and remove it. From the front of her shirt and she like gives him a playful look and she tells him it's part of your job description baby so (laughs) and like the thing is is like i'm not objectifying i'm just saying like if you knew like you will see like they are large breasts so it's like anywhere you go you're going to touch you're gonna touch something you're gonna touch something you're gonna touch something and i'm like oh man don't 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 but you don't have to make it weird. Don't get fired, Eric. You don't have to don't make get it weird. Fired. And you don't have to be inappropriate about it. <laughs> but it anyway. was cute. It was so cute. I was like, get it, girl. Yeah. Yeah, big girl. Go get it. <laughs> Do whatever you want. We cut to an interaction with Monica and one of the higher-ups at the network um, who who's given her... This, this moment really irked me because, you know... He's telling her some bullshit about her, how she is essentially overqualified for the host job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she should be, apparently it's an honor just to be nominated. But, you know, like for her to be con- even considered for this promotion 
is something to 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 write home about. But it's like, give her the damn job. Yeah. Just give her the job. I don't want lip service. If I'm supposed to be like Miss MVP and you're up here being like, yeah, chick, like you, 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 you got it. You just need to fight for it. You just need to show. Yeah. What was the thing? You need to show like the upper heads that you know how to take charge and this mm-hmm. and this, like basically saying like, she's kind of being like too meek. And I'm like, I don't know where we get this, but I guess if you're saying it, I guess we're being it established, but I will say it definitely does conflict. I would say it conflicts a lot in the film, to be honest, because like, I'm like, okay, so you're saying that she's kind of meek and doesn't really fight for stuff, but I'm not going to lie. She very much in a lot of the whole film goes like, this is the stuff that I'm doing. This is what I do. This is what you're going to respect. And this is what's going to happen. So I'm like, are you just like that in your regular walking life? She's got backbone. So I don't know where you get off calling her meek. Right. I'm like, maybe she don't act like that at work. And maybe she acts like that when she's outside of work. Or maybe that's just like, you know, a little bit of a con, you know, contradictory contradicts in the plot line. But whatever. In my opinion, this moment is rife with respectability politics because it's just an example of like, you know, a white man in a position of power over a black woman who has lots to say about how she moves through the corporate world. Yeah. Yeah. And to add insult to injury, he tells her that her assistant quit and they went ahead and hired a new one without consulting her. I just can't imagine a circumstance where someone is hiring an assistant for me without consulting me at all. Like maybe that's above my pay grade because I don't have an assistant at this point in my life. At this point in my life, emphasis on at this point. You said it. That's just some weird movements as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. 110%. Like, no, 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 no. That's something that, like, because you seemed upset. So I assume that that's something that doesn't usually happen. But it's fine. We open up the door and there's little Miss Amber Riley. There she is. That big ass smile. Those big ass cheeks. She's so cute. That cute ass face. She's She's so cute. cute. I love her. She's like a little bunny. (laughs) And the weird thing, oh God, again, with like this man putting his foot in his mouth, he has the audacity to tell Amber Riley's character, whose name is Simone Hicks, and Monica that, oh, seeing you two together, you kind of look alike. I'm like, oh no. What? I'm like, oh no, their faces are completely different. Their jaws are completely different. I mean, okay, here's the thing is that in reality, they actually do look similar in some sense. They are both thick-bodied, round-faced, beautiful Black women, dark-skinned Black women. And the the two actors talk quite extensively about how they do look alike. But the weird thing, I'm sorry, a message to all white people out there, you know, probably just play it safe and don't comment on Black people's appearance like that. It's probably just best because it's just weird movements as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It don't sound, it doesn't sound too good. I'm like, you could definitely get a write-up for that. You could definitely get a nice HR talking to if that's, if that's what you fucking want. Exactly. Especially if someone, if one of these black women takes it some type of way, like think about how many times you're out in the world as a black, I can't tell you how many times I've been mistaken for other black women in the industry. I've gone to see, you know, other black women in Toronto in plays 
sat in the audience and then stood in the lobby afterwards and was congratulated on someone else's performance because other <laughs> like other white actors believe me to be the person that they just saw on stage, which is mind boggling to me. We don't all look alike. Even when we do, when I was working we don't all look at alike. Medieval Times, we do not. When I was working at Medieval Times, they got me confused for the giant. Oh, no. Because oh, I'm no. not going to say their name because oh, I don't no. want to get, I'm not getting anything put on my name in any which way. So what I'm saying is there is a woman who I used to work with that is like six foot three, six foot four. She is a giant. Okay. We are both light skinned. I have a bigger Afro. We have completely different faces. But we are both mixed. But the thing is, the people that she was serving above me confused me for her. I am 5'7". Nothing alike. Okay. I am 5'7 and I am thick. Okay. There is. Those are nothing two different alike. people. Y'all look Stop nothing that right alike. now. Also, like, the worst part about this is that means the people that she was serving don't even really remember her. Like, she would talk to these people. So I was like, stop that. Stop, mm, 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 stop mm. it, stop it right now. Or just don't say it. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. So Monica and Simone get to being acquainted with one another. And Simone is clearly very excited for this opportunity to be Monica's assistant. Yeah, she knows everything about her. She, oh, yeah. She knows so much about her, which is a little she weird. She but you know. All these things. It could easily be be written off as her having done her homework before we're starting work for a new employer. Hundred and ten percent. Yeah, she's from Virginia. Wrong with that, but it gets weird when Monica tells Simone that you know she'll get to work tomorrow. Take the rest of the day off. We'll start fresh tomorrow, and we can dive right in on your assistant duties. And on the way out the door. Monica somehow quotes, or sorry, Simone somehow quotes Monica's dad. The rainbow line? The Yes, the, yeah. the rainbow line. If you want to see the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. Which causes red flags to immediately go off. Because how'd you know that? Where'd you hear that? You know, it's not an entirely uncommon term of phrase, I guess. But it's okay to be a little weirded out. But oh, then at the same time, if he didn't make it up, then we could just like pass it off as like, okay, other people listen to this stuff. People are, you know, anecdotal. They give little lines like that to it cheer the people mayor. up, you know, like motivation. Yeah. Let's say he said that phrase at some press conference or something. It's likely that exactly. she could have heard it. Anyway, we'll find out soon enough. We'll let that slide. But then Simone ends up meeting up with Mr. Eric. And it seems that, like, I think Eric has what I call a case of the thickums. And it is a great, great autoimmune disease to have. It is delicious. We love a man that loves thick bodies. We love anyone who loves thick bodies. I love the bodies. Even even the little bodies, the everybody's also want to celebrate the thick bodies. We want to celebrate all bodies. All of them. We love them all. They are all delicious and they can be cooked medium rare to well done. We got <laughs> it. Don't worry. But then 
Simone, when she's like flirting with Eric in the elevator, and it's a whole little thing. I think, what, what did he, what did he call her? Miss First Day? Oh, yes. Or he just Miss called her First, First Day. Day. Yeah. Which is a like, cute nickname. I was like, but how are you giving out nicknames so soon? See, I, see what I got written down here is this man too friendly. This man is a bit oh, too, friendly. too friendly. He's definitely friendly with lots of people at work. He's definitely <laughs> friendly with lots of people at work. Just you know, don't he likes having work right, work. left, and center. Mm. So Simone gets off on a different floor. Like she, she like pressed the wrong button or something. And she got off at the wrong stop, and she overhears Elodie talking about Monica and how basically like she has the gig that Monica ain't shit and that Mm-mm. like the upper people love her and da 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 and all this type of stuff and like basically like oh what about this friendly competition between friends yeah does friendly competition denote you joking about Tanya Harding her huh oh yeah she jokes about Tanya Harding Monica I was like, you need to And I'm to using chill, the name Tanya Harding chill. as a verb here. <laughs> yeah, because it, it is definitely a verb. Like, <laughs> you you can't just bash in kneecaps or ruin lives. You have to Tanya Harding someone, you know? You got to get the whole <laughs> vibe in one atmosphere into a person because <laughs> bitch was wild. Also, great movie. Just letting everybody know. You should probably watch oh, that movie. I, it's good. Ooh. So good. Solid film. It was it was great. And so, yeah, this is what we know now. We, we know Yeah, so we learned that Elodie is a snake and that she can't be trusted. But mm-hmm. honestly, is that surprising in any way whatsoever? No. Nope. They made her way too blonde. They made her way too blonde and wear red. I was like, oh, are we getting like Republican vibes? Ooh. ooh. Are we getting Fox News caster Fox anchor, News anchor person? Vibes? Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what I was feeling. I was like, oh, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. Okay, so something we overlooked was when Monica told Simone that she could have the day off, Simone mentioned that, you know, in the, despite the fact that she really did want to get to work that day, this was a, a blessing in disguise because she is essentially new to town and new yeah. in Houston and needs to find a place to live. So after overhearing Elodie talking about Tanya Hardinging, Monica, Simone goes to look for an apartment. And where does she end up? None other than Mrs. Fletcher, Monica's neighbor's house. Monica's curmudgeonly neighbor who has no interest in interacting with anyone whatsoever. But she lies about seeing an apartment, an ad for an apartment vacancy. And when Miss Fletcher says, you know, I didn't post no ad, Simone flashes a stack of money. A huge wad. It's a wad. It's a wad. She stacks a wad. She, she flashes a wad of money. Bands. Just like, you know, I don't even know how much money was in there. But it was, it was, it was, a, it was a roll. It was a roll. It was it's enough a that you're like, okay, that's rent. That's first and last. Like, yeah. I'll take it. That's first, last, and then some. Oh. She finds her way in the apartment. Next, we have Mama showing up. It's like, I don't that even word. know her name. Like, I've just written, all my notes have her oh. as Aunt Viv, which is ridiculous. Oh, the, woman's name's, name is Denise. Name's, uh, the woman's name is Denise. Denise. The woman's name is Denise. Yeah. Let's give the character some respect. Yeah, um, give, her, so, give her a name. <laughs> Mama Denise shows up at Monica's workplace with flowers. I think she shows up with flowers. Yeah, she's given an olive branch. Like, she's... 
she knows. She knows like what she said was maybe like a little out of line and that like, you know, that the dad would probably want them to like, you know, work on the things that they're working on. It was very, it was very, very, it was like an easy fight. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, no, I know I said some shit that was bad. And that shit was You really get the sense up. that like Monica was very much a daddy's girl and that her mom was probably the one who was the enforcer in the home. Mm. And, you know, this is typical of so many mother-daughter relationships. But there's this beautiful moment where Eric, sexy Eric, comes into the office and <laughs> Mama Denise notices the dynamic, the flirty dynamic between those mm-hmm. two. And she very quickly warns Monica against workplace romances workplace flings workplace tings (laughs) tings. it only goes wrong if the other person goes wrong or you go wrong so like if those wrongs don't don't come in you could totally make that workplace ting work listen my philosophy is you don't shit where you eat you don't it's just it's just safer cleaner that way but sometimes oh, the temptation shit. is strong. Oh, I temptation love can be very so strong. much shit. I eat all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have a shitty mouth. <laughs> so next we cut to Monica meeting Andre in the parking lot to give him his shit back and to give him a oh, piece yeah. of her mind. But he's talking about how it wasn't me. Well, she got me on it the camera. Me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I don't think I did it. It wasn't me. (laughs) Did I do it? Like, I don't know. Because this thing is is like, he doesn't remember. So he's just like, yeah, I didn't do it. And then he's like, yeah, maybe I did. And then he's like, yeah, I did. And I'm like, dog, you're not helping. You're not helping yourself. You're you're not convincing at all. Maybe you should go to school. (sighs) She gives him the box of his belongings back in a fury. She's, She's not having him trying to act Uh-oh. like he doesn't remember what happened, like he didn't do anything wrong here. But before she walks away, she makes sure to take a t-shirt from the box. Oh, yeah. You don't deserve this. You don't deserve this. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take this t-shirt. And it's like a Belle Biv DeVoe t-shirt, which is <laughs> very yeah. cute. Yes, we can assume that they did a lot of dancing and singing along to Belle Biv DeVoe, you know, I mean, they got a lot of hits. Poison, top tier, top tier shit mm-hmm. right there. So um, maybe they even went to a concert together. Who knows? They probably boogied and then like, you know, see you later. This is my shirt. I had a good time. You suck. Yeah. Now it's mine. Uh, yeah. It's clear. She didn't. She wanted to hold on to that memory for herself and not for right. him. She probably bought him the tickets. Well, she probably did because like he's a struggling actor. So like she probably did buy the tickets. She probably also bought the shirt. So, like, that's her shirt. <laughs> then we cut to Monica coming home. And she's like, hey, Simone. Why are you? Because, okay, we didn't actually get to, uh, we didn't describe the house for y'all. So, basically, it's like two, like, two houses attached it's a to each other. It's a semi-detached. Yeah. And number two is where Miss Fletcher lives. And then number three is where um, Monica lives. And so, yeah, she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, actually, remember when I was talking about that place that I was going to go see? Like, this is the place. And then she was like, Monica's like, what the fuck? Miss Fletcher was just talking about how she fucking hates everybody on the face of the planet. 
so <laughs> what's up? And she's my favorite like, thing about uh, this interaction though is that Simone's smart. She's like, as soon as Monica opens her mouth to say, "What are you doing here?" Simone opens her mouth to say to ask at the same time. So it's like, "What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you, what are you doing here? What?" That was when she's clearly like, lying what? about how she got into that apartment. Because then, then now, now we know that Simone's a psycho. Because now we know, we know she's a psycho. Like, Right, like I, it's too soon. But again, it's on it's on the front of the film, so we know what's gonna happen. Monica knows Miss Fletcher don't like no people in her business. No, but then Simone says something about like like comments on Mrs. Fletcher's like alcoholism and like mm-hmm. says so, like something about like two she says she was swayed by like money that. and two bottles of vodka. Yeah, and I'm like, God damn, two bottles of vodka! I'm like, wow. But this is the thing, though. We should have also caught that because. The only thing we hear about Miss Fletcher drinking is peach schnapps. So actually, Monica should have known better. This was very, very from the beginning. She's like, what? What? I mean, the impression that I got was that Miss Fletcher, Mrs. Fletcher was a bit of a lush. And like, I get the feeling, although she likes her peach schnapps, I had the, I got the sense that that lady had a veritable bar in her home. (laughs) (laughs) A brewery, a distillery even. And so... Simone asks, like, hey, like, do you, like, want to have dinner? And Monica's like, nah. But, like, yo, I need a drink from, like, the day I had. And she's like, yo, no, like, I totally can just, like, take two bottles from, like, Mrs. Fletcher. Like, See what she I'm don't saying? remember. Miss Fletcher she's... is, like, Mrs. Fletcher is stacked up with the booze. She got the right? licks oh. through and through. And let's not forget that Simone was also pretty slick and said that Miss Fletcher went on like a kind of vacation bender she no she actually specifically said bender oh and then yes. like i guess that was that was supposed to be taken as like okay i guess like she is a drunk bitch so like uh i'm not gonna <laughs> take that weird and i'm like what like it seems like this lady stays in her house all the time exactly Why would she be randomly going on a vacation bender but okay Anyways, I digress. this is her trying to cover her tracks no one says she does it smoothly I mean, Mm-mm. at least not in the beginning. So the two of them are kikiing and connecting over wine. And, you know, Monica's telling Simone about her life, but is not at all interested in hearing anything about her bestie, BB. And it's weird when, like, so this is, a, so yes, Monica tells Simone about her best friend, about how they're like sisters. She picks up a photo of the two of them together to show Simone and Simone is very unimpressed and once places the photo face down so we can no longer see the two faces on it. And then when she mentions her father, Simone is acting all weird again. And Monica, like we said earlier, is very much a daddy's girl, starts to get emotional about her father's passing and refers to him as being the perfect man, as being... She, he's just so highly revered in her eyes. And Simone is not about it. Simone's like, nope. yeah, well, in my experience, no one's perfect. And she's oh, just yeah. just refuses to believe that Monica's dad was the man of the hour. Right. And like they get into some other things about like the dating and everything because she talks to her about Andre and stuff. And like, what would you do? And like, this is like one of those moments where like, Somebody says something that actually, like, I would have laughed at this, but maybe I'm a little fucked. When she's like, what would have you would have done, like, in this situation oh with, with Andre? She's like, I would destroy his life and everything that he cares about. And I was like, 
And like Monica's like, whoa. Joking. And I'm like, except she wasn't like, joking. That she's like, JK, because like Monica made her response. But honestly, I think my thing would have been like, hey, that's a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's ruin his life. Let's ruin it. <laughs> I haven't um, ruined anybody's lives, okay? They ruined their own, okay? I had nothing to do with any of them, okay? That's on them, <laughs> never, not on we me. never ruined anyone's life who didn't deserve it. Yeah, no. They did it to themselves. Can't help those who don't help themselves. Listen, if I don't get you, karma gonna get you. I'll just say that. Yeah. Oh, and then that's when we also find out that it's not just the fact that, like, BB and her, like, sisters, like, they've known each other since the third grade like this Mm -hmm. is like a lifelong because like at this point like they're adults i assume they're like in their 30s or their 40s so i'm like okay so this person it's a literally a lifelong friendship yeah because like do does kindergarten count no does birth count no like i'm like yo if you meet your friend in elementary school and you're still friends with them that means that you made a connection like that's a twin flame kind of vibe and i'm like yeah you found your friends but speaking of which there's like the breakdown because Monica just goes like she is. I've never actually seen this before, but I'm like, yeah, no, I could see how they could creep up on you because you're grieving still. Because like the funeral happened two weeks ago, like he just died two weeks ago. That she's just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my dad. What am I gonna do without my dad? And like to be honest, I guess it's kind of relative because like there was like a death scare for my dad. So I was like, okay, I feel that I understand all those Mm -hmm. emotions and all those feelings. And I got you. It's a really sad moment. Yeah. Cause she just like, that was an ugly cry. Like there was no holding back. It was just like, it was great to see. And you know, Monica is having such an emotional response. And Simone sees this as an opportunity to, get a little bit closer and to comfort her. And so she goes in for a hug and behind Monica's back, her phone is ringing and it's a call from Bibi. And of course, Simone ends the call. Doesn't even try to tell her, Hey, your phone's ringing. It's your bestie. Nah. She, it was so she's, quick she's already, too. Like already driving that wedge. It was the swipe to the left. Like she was <laughs> like, thank you. Next. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I was like, wow, that, like not like she didn't have to think twice. She was just like, click bye. I was like, oh, okay, okay. So you're an active creep. Let, let's let's go. And then we cut, and it's the morning, and Simone's like cooking in the kitchen, and you know making in breakfast. Monica's kitchen. Yeah, in Monica's kitchen specifically, and like wearing the shirt, wearing the Bell Biv Devo T-shirt. Yep, wearing the shirt, and Monica's just like, what the fuck? And I don't know. I don't know if I... I guess, like, I would have thought it weird because, like, she is a stranger. But I'm like, but you also even had drinks with a stranger and you let them in the house and hug you. So at this point, like, nothing's weird anymore. I it's mean, like you got no, drunk it's fucked. And it's fucking weird. I'm sorry. It's fucking weird. Yes, we just met. You know, I'm I'm not... I. I, I I don't think it's entirely outside of reason to have a new work friend over to your house for drinks, but for them to be there first thing in the morning, like, how are you? That's weird. And Monica asks, like, what are you doing here? Despite the fact that she just put down a plate of bacon, eggs and pancakes in front of her. They got so litty the night before that Simone tells her that she begged her to stay. Apparently Monica was so drunk that she didn't remember 
that she opened her heart up to Simone and asked her to spend the night. So according to Simone, it's entirely within reason that she's in her kitchen first thing in the morning, making breakfast and wearing her Belle Biv DeVoe t-shirt. And I guess Monica is, you know, despite the weirdness, thankful for Simone's presence because she goes upstairs and comes back with an armful of clothes that she's getting rid of. And cute tells, little things too. They're very cute, very cute. I mean, she making a t- she making TV she making TV money. You know those. You know that's like low key designer. <laughs> and yeah, she and she tells, has to look good on TV exactly. too. So it's like, yo, only the nice things. Exactly, and she got good taste too. And. Uh, Yeah, it's that's one of the things I love about this movie is that these are two plus size women who look friggin phenomenal in every shot. Even when Monica comes downstairs that morning and she's wearing her nightie and she got her hair tied up, she got her head tied up Mm -hmm. like they're look these women look good. These women look good. So she offers this like armful of clothes that she's getting rid of to Simone Uh, And then realizes that there's a dress in there, a very particular red dress that should not have been in the pile Mm -hmm. because it was a gift from her father. And Mm -hmm. her father gave her the dress and told her that it looked beautiful against her dark skin, which that moment really stood out for me. Mm -hmm. Really stood out for me. So... They end up going into like, you know, they do their cute little thing like, yeah, no. And it's like, OK, cool. Like, I'll I'll take the I'll take the other stuff like this blue looks nice. This looks nice. And then it's like, OK, every fun thing aside, I just want you to let you know, Monica, that like Elodie is a shady bitch. She's not your girl. She's not your girl. This is what we're saying. And this is how she is. And this is what I heard her saying. And... She was like, okay, okay, cool. Like, that's good information to know. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that type of, like, of information and we will continue with this. And I'm like, okay, okay, that's the, that's, that's the right move. Yeah, that's the right move, girl, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So after she gives the deets on there, Simone goes home, which is just the other door, <laughs> just <laughs> next door. So she comes in and she's like, oh, fuck. Miss Fletcher, you stink. And so, like, we could only understand that, like, you know, like, if Miss Fletcher is an alcoholic and... And an old woman. Like, collects things and stuff, because it kind of looks a little ratty for wear. They're, like, you know what I mean? It's a little hoarderish in there. It's a little hoarderish. So it's probably stale and, like, you know, I don't know if she has a cat or anything like that or a dog, but you never know. I know we don't see any, but, like, you never know. There could be some kitty somewhere in a pile of something it could smell a little bit like pee because sometimes things just smell a little bit like pee (laughs) and then she sees on the the chair which is so perfect because it's an audiobook on a dvd of becoming like michelle obama auto which they talked about earlier which they talked about i guess was it the night before when they were talking about they did. They made the the iconic quote: "When they go low, we go high," and they had like a little <laughs> bit of funny wordplay where where I think it was Simone who said, "When we, they go low, we we get, get high." high. Which and is, I was like, "Hey, hey man, done that before." Your boat. I'm about it. You no, know, you get so mad that you're like, "I'm gonna smoke all this weed because I'm so <laughs> mad." And then you just end up being super high, and you're like, "Ah, uh, I'm gonna Listen, watch Drag Race and feel better." 
<laughs> or fall asleep. <laughs> exactly. I'm a non-confrontational person. If someone pisses me off, I'm going to go smoke about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's smoke about this, shall we? <laughs> and so she's like, oh, perfect. So like, you know, because that could be like, because her whole thing is like buying gifts or being nice or these little things and acts of service and da 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 da. I'm like, I feel like, like stalkers and like obsessed people like can go through like the five love languages and like figure <laughs> out how they can stalk how they can and love get bomb people their to victims. Like you know, like they just like yeah, this is it. Like I love you, but I'm telling you, I love you. I'm just saying. So she leaves that in monica's car because when monica's getting ready to go to work she sees it and it's very cute and it's very sweet she's like oh my god what's such a nice okay but wait person. a minute how does she get into monica's car to leave this audiobook in there for her uh girl if she is somebody who leaves her doors unlocked you are just asking to get your car stolen but other than that you should be weary that this person was able to get into your car wow 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 wow, wow. okay so she's driving to work and she calls her best friend, Bibi, and tells her about, you know, the great night that she had with Simone. And Bibi's radar immediately goes off. And this is why I fucks with K. Michelle. Because Bibi, as a character and as Monica's best friend, is not about Simone at all. Not about it. Mm-mm. She's just like, what did, what did she say? Oh, yeah, like a background check. Oh, yeah. Because, like, that's what she's like, that's what I do for everybody that I meet that's new. I do a background check, do something. And she's like, like, you're so crazy. a little excessive, but I mean, within the context of what this character's got going on, completely understandable. Yeah. Which is witnessed when we cut to work at the studio where Simone is literally standing in front of Monica's poster trying to pose exactly like her. Weird vibes, girl. (laughs) Weird vibes. And of course, Eric walks up and and sees this. Uh Uh-huh. And offers to help her find a, a good cup of coffee, I guess. It's odd. It's all very odd. Well, no, it's not odd. It's just It just means that he is flirting with two people that he works with. This man needs and to make that, up his mind. You know what I mean? Well, like, you know, I guess you got to talk. You got to talk first until you make a decision. You know what That's I mean? True. Sometimes there's just too many options. That's so true. You got to wait through the options to figure out what, you know, which of the beautiful Black women you you're interested in as far as these two characters go hilarious so all the while yeah andre has been ringing down monica's phone trying to reconnect with her trying to explain to her that you know he's innocent in this all in this whole situation that he never actually cheated on her i guess his pieces of his memory are coming back and he's not ready to give up mm And then Monica and Simone start talking and we kind of figure out a little bit more about Simone that... She's from Virginia. Virginia, but then like it was just her, her mom, and her grandma and that she never had met her dad before. So Monica like expresses some remorse about this, about her not having grown up with a father. And Monica and Simone says that she can't be sad about someone that she never met. Which is an interesting way to frame that, I feel. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's also like, eh, it's like you don't need to say sorry. It just kind of is what it is. Like I understand, like people try to empathize and stuff, and sometimes you're just like, well, mm-hmm. 
that's it. Yeah. If I, if I think it sucks, I definitely think it sucks. <laughs> and if it I sucks. don't give a fuck, well, I guess I don't give a fuck. It's sus. So Monica is having lunch with her mom, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about her new assistant and her mom is, you know, being a good mom, listening and asking questions. But her radar goes off when Monica mentions that Simone is from Virginia. And this is where we know something, something don't add up. The math ain't math. Something. Oh, it is sus. I was like, oh, I got it. Like, don't. Like, I was like, don't give it to me that easy, though. <laughs> I'm like, don't, don't give me her whole fucking plot line. Like, you just told me she ain't have no daddy. And then, like, this chick <laughs> is looking, like, kind of sus when she says Virginia. I'm like, oh, okay. So the mayor fucked somebody and had a kid. Thank exactly. you for telling me the I whole mean, fucking ending. I mean, that's, like, clearly what... <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by this point, like, it's very clear <laughs> that Monica is her father's progeny of, so, of sorts. And Simone is the bastard child who's here to get her slice of the pie, whether it be by hook or by crook. Then you cut to Simone in Mrs. Fletcher's house and she is giving her best anchor gal. She is like, yes, ah, this is the tea in Houston and da 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 Oh, yeah, like, she's putting her hair in a certain way. Listen, this moment gave me very much Grey Gardens vibes because she's sitting oh. in this dusty, crusty house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my begonias. Oh, in my God. Yeah. She's sitting in this dusty, crusty house in a robe, practicing her show opener for a show that she does not host. Like, also, like, is that something that you want to do? Like, do people, like, I also just think, like, who just thinks they can just get a job as a co-host of a television show? It's giving delusional. Okay. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, those that's what actors do. No, I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, just a regular person who has nothing to anything. Like, they're, they're anchors. Like, they're on something, like, no different than Good Morning America. Like, you know what I mean? Or, like, The View or The Talk or whatever. Like, these are people who, like, this is kind of their th- their shtick is to do this type of stuff. And, like, she's trying to get a promotion doing the lead. I'm like, girl, you can't just become an anchor lady like that. It's not get about the job. It's about stealing Monica's life. Her life. I'm saying again and also like if you are a creeper you probably are delusional in that fact so you know exactly let her live in the world let her live in the world she's in it already so we cut to work back to Monica's workplace where beautiful sexy Eric approaches her with a bouquet of flowers and Mm -hmm. it's Monica sort of thinks that the flowers are from him until he says that he ran into her ex outside who begged him to bring the flowers in and give them to her. She's not about it. She's like, no, nope. all but she throws them in the garbage. <laughs> and then this man <laughs> picks up like, the no, bouquet, no, no. dusts it off, blows on it real quick, and offers it to her as if it was his idea. Right. I was like, Eric, honestly, I want to work where you work. I want to be shamooshed. This is cute. I like you. Well, it's clear that she likes it, too, because he asks her out and she agrees. And it's like, okay, the man has finally made made up his mind about which one of these two women he's really feeling. But he's like, but the way he did it was just like, kind of (laughs) like, it's kind of like high schoolish, too. Because he's just like, he comes up to her and he's just like, okay, do you want to go on a date, though? 
<laughs> she says it like really quiet like and just like oh, i don't know very, if it's gonna work i don't know if it's gonna meek, work very shy very i was cute. like that's cute it's good very to know cute. that you're uh you're diverse in who you are as a of a human being you have range <laughs> so next we cut to an interaction between monica elodie and clark michelle the current host of tea time the woman who's stepping down and heading off to larger and bigger and better opportunities and whose job these two want and she it's super sweet like she says i know that i have no sway in who's going to get this position the network's going to decide that but i'd love to have some FaceTime with you and this is where elodie's snaky little ass really comes out to play because she mentions that you know she was really happy to be able to host the show solo while monica was away on her vacation and monica's like hold up my dad died i was in a moment of bereavement for my dead father are you dumb are you and i only took two weeks i only took two weeks don't you fucking come for me you got to yell i wanted to reach through the screen and smack a hoe because that was that was next level and after clark michelle walks away i'm proud i'm proud of monica for telling elodie straight like that was not cool well she also said it too when they were talking she's like no I was grieving my dad. It wasn't a vacation. Yeah. Miss Michelle. Yeah, she, she like, just letting you know. In the know. moment and then afterwards. She's like, let you know. That's not the thing here. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, spicy. No. And like, she kind of gaslights her a little bit being like, well, you know, it's just friendly competition, you know, like that wasn't really like that out of hand. Like you need a girl like a thicker skin, like, nah, 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 nah. and I'm like, Nah, bitch, you were out of what? pocket. Nah, you My were out daddy of pocket died. for that one. Really, this truly. is for an interview. You, this is for an interview. You want the job? Like, don't act, don't act stupid. I know exactly what you want, but let her keep doing what she's doing because people are letting her do it anyway. So that's the LED way. So later on that night, Monica and Simone are having a wine night, and uh, at Monica's house, and BB shows up with another with two more bottles of wine one for her and one for her bestie monica and was not expecting to see simone there at all and yeah it's very clear that she's feeling some type of way about this third wheel wine night awkward it's super awkward i felt bad because like there was like at points there's even another point in this where like it, it gets to the point where it's catty even where it's like like somebody hasn't said anything and it's just like well i didn't bring a bottle for you or like da 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 and i'm like do you act this abrasive to everybody like i get it like you're not really sure and you're kind of on the fence of whatever but like i don't know like you don't even know this person yet and i would rather like tone it down because once if this person is a fucking psycho if this person actually is a psycho which she is Right? Would you would you would you really 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 want to stoke the fires if she is one? Which she is. So like you better know. watch out. Like we still got 30 minutes left. I'm riding for K Michelle. <laughs> I say let that bitch know how you feel from jump. <laughs> Man, there's no way. If what if if you brought somebody that like me or somebody else didn't like and I started fucking acting like that in front of them, you would look at me sideways. <laughs> 
Don't you even catch that? No way. No way. No how. That'd be no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I would appreciate you coming up to me after the fact and saying like, "Listen, this bitch is whack." This, right. Like that's, this person. That's a better approach. Yeah. Which is what she does essentially after you know making the night a bit awkward, and I think it ends with. The two of them just really, really, really going at oh, each other's go. necks. Like eh. the wine is flowing, and yeah, BB and Simone really go at it over, you know, Simone telling BB that she needs to mind her business about because she starts to ask about where Miss Fletcher's at, and what does Simone say? She says something about oh, BB's old like- man fetish. <laughs> Okay, so this is this this is this is this is this is the back and forth. There's something that said before, then she's like da 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 and then she's like, yo, but where's Miss Fletcher at? And she's like, I don't fucking know. Like she's not my mom. Like I don't know, slash like she'll look you should. And then she's like, yo, last time I checked, what I learned is to mind my business and not get to other people's business because that's the proper thing to do, and maybe you should mind yours. And like, also, hey. like you fuck old men. Like that was hey. like that was like the pin. <laughs> hey. And then Monica's like, okay, so uh, we're gonna stop, and you should go home, hey. and you should cut that shit out. And I'm like, yo, but dude, like this has probably been like the last like two three hours. Yeah. How did you guys get awkward. through that? Like, how did you get through that whole hangout? Like that means that whole hangout was all fighting. That whole thing was awkward. The yeah, whole thing was like, awkward. Uh, not my cup. Not so my glass. So cut to later that night. BB's crashing on the couch and wakes up to find the iconic photo of her and Simone laying on the couch with her face burnt out of it. And, oh, and like she, that little whisper, like, she's mine. Or oh, like, yeah. she's my friend. Oh, yeah. I was like, what? I thought it was a dream for a second. <laughs> and then she had like a premonition. I think though. Because she then wakes up in Monica's bed and homegirl's holding on to clutching a bat for dear life. They go downstairs and BB is trying to let Monica know that something ain't right about Simone because she burnt a hole through her face in a photo of them together. Like, that's not red flags. And then Monica's like, girl... There's a joint sitting right here, right next to the photo. You're telling me you didn't that was you. out the joint on the photo? Burn your own damn face out? Duh. Which is like, like, oh shit, you right. A convenient explanation. A rather convenient one. I think Simone's just really, really good at like fucking with people's heads in that mm-hmm. type of regard. Because mm-hmm. like she does really good plants. She's just like, oh no, that's this, that's that. Oh no, you were too drunk. Oh no, this was the thing. And in reality, like... Yeah, nobody can really fight those things because, like, if you do drink a lot or, if, like, whatever, and, like, you knew it was going on, you're like, okay, yeah, actually, I can't say One of my favorite things about this scene is that <laughs> BB tries to sage cleanse the, the space, but there is no sage, There's so no she used Lowry seasoning because it's good for I everything. Know. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> just fucking sprinkle your doors with fucking frank's red hot you know i put that shit on everything oh boy you know so we cut it's nighttime elodie's in the parking lot she gets jumped sorry bye cut to the next day (laughs) (laughs) like we don't need to spend any more time on her goodbye 
So we cut to the next day. And it's really, really like everybody's kind of like somber and everything like that. And then like Monica finds out that like Elodie was mashed up in the parking lot. And everybody's like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't know. I guess like people like this chick. I don't know. Or maybe they're just scared because somebody means they're attacking somebody in the parking lot. Or whatever. I mean, it's, a, it's you know? a startling experience to hear about yeah. when you show up at work the next day. You're like, oh, shit. Despite how you might feel about the person. <laughs> Right. And so they're just like, yo, Monica. Well, Eric tells Monica, like, yo, girl, like, I guess like it's it's you. It's you. You're not going to ride solo. And then okay. like, I don't know. Like, this is weird. This is so weird. It to is me. weird. Like, why? It is weird. Cause, because Monica, instead of going forward and just hosting the show alone, like she knows Elodie would have done were she not there. This woman decides to cancel the show out of respect for this person. I'm sorry. This is a too nice moment for me. Like, <laughs> like just I, do the show and use this as an opportunity to flex your muscles. Show the network why you deserve to be the host. But, but it was... I don't know. Maybe she's better than me. Maybe she's just a better person than I am. <laughs> but the other thing you got to take in consideration, like, she was, like, when, like, she heard this information, like, she looked like she was having an anxiety attack. Yeah. That's the part that was weird. So I don't know if it like if she like because I took it two ways. I'm like, she could have been doing it because she was being nice and da 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 and she wanted to be diplomatic and didn't want it to be like, oh, like she's gonna do a better job than Elodie and like whatever. Or it was like she had a panic attack and didn't want to go on. So she like made up a really, really good reason. I don't know. Like, cause I it is so. sus to me. I'm like, why wouldn't you just do it? Like it's your job. Like you're not you're not cheating anybody out of anything. You're not being a bad like co-anchor. Like you're just doing the job. She did it when you were away, so why can't exactly. you do it when she's away? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. But like again, that stuff happens a lot. And like there's some more stuff that's a little trifling, but we digress. <laughs> and so like that whole thing happens. Shopping montage. So Simone tells Monica that this was a boss lady move and the two of them decide you know i guess they they're not filming a show that day so which is also again like i'm i'm sorry as someone who works in film and tv i just can't imagine a scenario where everyone's like yeah we'll just cancel the show for the day anyway live television let's just cancel it once again we digress so the two of them go on a shopping spree and they're having a, a great time together it's lovely they buy a whole bunch of nice dresses and shit so the next day after the shopping spree simone shows up at work and she's feeling herself she's wearing one of her new nice dresses she's like Mm. you know she's feeling hot she's feeling fine she's ready to ask eric out until she finds out that monica is canceling the plans that they have that evening for a date with him and you know this is right after Simone mentions to Monica that she's kind of feeling someone, which is part of the reason she showed up to work looking so nice. And Mm -hmm. she goes as far as to ask Monica if she's even ready to be dating, which is a bold move. You know, I know we're, we're, they seem like fast friends, but Monica kind of puts her in her place and says like, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm a grown ass woman and I'm going to go on a date with this fine ass man. And oh gosh, Simone is just not... She's so every at every turn we see more and more how unhinged she is because she's not handling this news well. I would say that it was like her finding out that the person that she wanted to bone is 
also trying to fuck other people and maybe felt a little bit bad. But again, you know, you're adults, you can do whatever you want. But then, you know, you can feel a certain type of way. Like, you know, it's reasonable. But like, she doesn't kill anybody yet. (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't kill anybody yet, but she still has this really weird and inappropriate interaction with Eric in the elevator. She like for, she gets in the elevator. At first, she loses it in the elevator by herself, and she's just like, "Oh yeah, she's banging on the banging on the wall, and everything, screaming, like, Shit. just ill-equipped to deal with such a letdown." And then Eric gets into the elevator, and shit just gets amplified because she stops the elevator and gets in his face about him going on a date with Monica, and it just it just crosses so many lines. Well, she's also calm when she does it, okay? Like, she's not, like, losing her shit. Because she also but says, like, even yo, Wanda from accounting. Like, da-da-da-da-da. Like, you fucking her, too. And da-da-da-da-da. So it's just kind of being like, oh, I guess, like, you just fucking everybody, huh? Like, nobody's special? Is that? Okay, that's the thing. Whatever. Do, do, do what you do. Shit's do what weird, you do, dog. sir. Just letting you know that I see you. Shit's weird. And you ain't getting this pussy. <laughs> I guess. That's her stance now. She's like, well, you ain't getting it. But like, you know, she does stop the elevator and freaks him out. Because she says like she's going to suck his dick. Like, you think she's going to suck his dick? Because she's like, I'm good at other things. Oh, yeah. She like fully is coming on to him in the elevator. It was a whole, it was a whole thing. Because he was kind of ready for it. He was like, what? No, what? Okay. Oh, what? Is this what's happening? (laughs) She's like, no, bye. This is a great filmmaking moment because immediately after this interaction between Simone and Eric in the elevator, we cut to a conversation between BB and Monica. And BB's trying to tell Monica about Simone's shady ass. And it is, ooh, it. Google her. They butt heads because BB is clearly in tune to Simone's bullshit. And Monica doesn't want to hear it because she's feeling her new friend. And it could be assumed that. BB is feeling like the jealous bestie and has some shit to say about Simone that may or may not be true. But we know, we know that BB is in her right to feel suspect about Simone Shady mm-hmm. ass. Very much so. Date night time. Monica and Eric have their cute little date. They go to this very cute little neon bar. They're feeling each other. He makes sure to tell her that like when he found out he was coming to a place where like a black woman was like the anchor, he was like, yes, bless. Thank you, Lord. And so like she was feeling him and they're feeling each other. And then they start dancing. And then like they're they're making out. They're gonna fuck. Oh, you know, they go fuck. You know they go. Oh, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. All that skin. So Simone goes into Monica's house, goes into her closet, picks out the red dress, you know, the daddy dress. Mm -hmm. And she's just like dancing away. And like simultaneously, you see like her dancing and then like Monica and Eric dancing. Like it's just like this whole thing of like ecstasy and whatever. And so they're like, yo. Time to come home now. It's home time. <laughs> yeah, Mon- and Monica like, and Eric are, have had enough of dancing at this club. They need to go home yeah. and dance in the bed. <laughs> they want to 
They want to fuck. That's what they want to do. They want to fuck. But they um, arrive at oh, back at Monica's damn. house, and Simone is still up up in there. She's still, she's still all partying. up in Monica's house, and it's so. Can you weird. not hear people? Well, like she knows that they're home because she hides, and oh, eventually, so yeah. Eric and Monica are hot and heavy. They're climbing up the stairs. They're like all these great sexy shots of them getting into it. And then I'm sorry, but Simone hides behind a door and is peeping through a crack in the door and is watching. That was not a crack. That was like eight inches. That whole fucking closet was open. I did not understand. How they didn't see her. Movie magic, Jenna. Movie magic. You got to suspend your disbelief, babe. You got to suspend your disbelief. And just believe that they did not see her there and or that they no. didn't hear her rubbing one out while she was watching oh. them get it on. Dog, she was giving her. They made sure to be like, oh, yeah, you see that little thing waggling? Yeah, that's her flicking her bean. And I'm like, yep, she was whoa. definitely down there flicking her bean. Jesus. So, Jesus. OK, this is a really interesting moment for me because Eric and Monica finish having sex and it's clear that and i mentioned this not to shame him but for the importance of the plot eric is a bit of a minute man he had a bit of you know okay now the irony is not wasted on me here because cut back to the beginning of the movie where andre was doing commercials for erectile dysfunction and now and now monica's having sex with eric who is you know, experiencing some erectile dysfunction in during the sexual interaction. Again, not to shame him. It's a very common. He says it usually goes for longer. Yeah. You know, you, like the first okay. time you have sex with someone, it's very, it, uh, it is, it's a marvel if that doesn't happen. I'm sure. Anyway, Maybe, not for everyone. Like, she just got him. Maybe she just got him real good. And he's like, fuck. You know, maybe she just maybe put Monica it down like got that. some tricks. Lots of alcohol. Maybe Monica flow. got some tricks. Exactly. Anyway. They have a wonderful time, nonetheless, which makes me really happy to see. And Mm -hmm. they fall asleep and Monica wakes up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom or whatever, just as Simone is trying to sneak her little ass out the door. And that door was so loud. Oh, my gosh. She (sighs) plays it off well, though, because she pretends that all she was doing was returning Monica's house keys. Yeah, which is. I was like, ooh, again, it always works out. I was like, yeah, girl, your lies are good. Your lies are pretty, pretty, pretty good. But it's like this, this, so this is where things start to get even more complicated because the next day at work, there's this weird face off with Simone and Eric where she shames him for being a minute man, which is obviously something that she overheard while she was in the house listening to him get it on, get like get down with Monica. And this is so unfortunate because this leads to an awkward interaction with Eric and Monica because this poor man now thinks that this woman that he had a beautiful night with was kikiing with her assistant about his about his downstairs business, which is like, you know. Most people are going to be talking about their sexual conquests with their closest friends. Maybe not their assistants at work that they're just getting to know. But either way, this man feels shamed. And that's not okay. This is what it gets. It's like a bunch of things at once. So like 
BB's out here being like, yo, I'm gonna like get the, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon on this bitch because <laughs> she's out Nancy Drewin, like Simone's life. Then you got Andre out here going Party to the club boy-ing. trying to find the tapes. You know what I mean? But where are the tapes? Where are the tapes? Oh yeah, he goes to the club that he supposedly, where he supposedly hooked up with this random woman and he asks for the security tapes. Because right? he knows. And so he knows something ain't right. And while this is simultaneously happening, Monica and Eric are at work and like he's being super cold and like she's like, I don't understand because that sex was hot. And he's just like, yo, I think we should just keep it pro 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 professional. <laughs> and she's like, No, but I like the dick though. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, girl. Like that's another one to the sea, I guess. Like, thanks, Simone. Thanks for breaking that. And then Andre calls because he's like, yo, I got the tapes. And then, nope, Monica's like, I don't want to hear from you. Bye. Blocky. Oh, just block, like, yeah, block, she block. blocked. Blockity block blocked. She's done with his phone calls, which is so unfortunate because yep. it's like, uh, he's so close to getting, he's, so close. The, he's got the truth and he wants to share it with her. Oh, yeah, Monica. Like he, like he is actually the, like the best thing that could like crack this whole case. But yeah. like, fuck it. I mean, let's give BB her flowers too, because between BB and and Andre, the two of them are getting to the bottom of who this Simone woman really is. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Well, yeah, because Andre's trying to clear his name. Like he's not he's not trying to find out anything. He's just That's like, true. Oh, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I'm like, Andre's BB's, BB's the G. <laughs> Andre's just trying to clear his shit if he doesn't know if he did or did not do anything. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm like, whoops. No, for real. So like there's a cut to a scene with Simone and like she gets like, you know, the little the little text message that bloops up and it turns out that like Monica's mom wants to meet up and talk. Mm, and you're like, okay, cool. Bum, 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 bum. What do we need to talk about? DNA? I don't know. What's 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 popping? And then Andre comes and he's banging on the door and he's banging on the door and nobody's home. But like, you know, Simone pops out because she's obviously up and about. She's doing nothing. And she's like, well, what are you like? She's not here. What are you you talking about? And she just bashes him over the head. And that's night night for Andre. Oh, God. Is he dead? Probably. So Simone covers her tracks by calling Monica to say, hey, I can't come to work today. I got to go meet up with a distant relative. Because when she first moved to Houston, she mentioned when she mentioned that it was just her and her grandma, her mom growing up, she mentioned that she did have a distant relative in Houston in this new town that she moved to. So in this moment, she mentions to Monica that she's not able to come into work today because she's somehow connected with this distant relative and she's going to go meet them. Monica's like, bet, go get you, go find your family, girl. And of course, it turns out that she's meeting with the mom. And this is where it's all revealed. Mama don't <sighs> play. And she oh, calls. So oh, <laughs> Mama don't play. She's got Simone's number. And she knows that Simone is the love child of her late husband. Of course. Of and she course, gives Simone $100,000 for her troubles and some therapy and tells her to gue, gue. Oh, she's, no, she's so rude. She's even like your whore of a mother and this and this. Oh, she calls her a whore. She calls her mother a whore. Yeah, no, like she, no, she like definitely went in as like a wife of a politician being like, yeah, no, like my husband's the shit. 
And like he just dipped his dick in like poor bitch. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I don't don't know why you're being so, so, so like, I don't know. I just think that like, damn, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Like, fuck, like here, here a bitch out first. It's like we don't know shit yet. Simone obviously loses it like Mama Denise gets up and leaves the restaurant after this interaction and Simone just like screams her head off inside the restaurant and then she gets home and loses it even more Ooh, and she wears the red dress to the meeting too it was so sad it was so sad so the pieces are coming together when Monica tries to talk to Eric and you know I love this moment because it exemplifies some mature communication and she tries to say like hey man i thought we had a great time the other night like you know what's going on and eric reveals that simone has been pouring poison in his ear yeah yeah it doesn't work then we cut to simone at mama denise's house and i don't know i get the sense that like that denise like was maybe halfway through a bottle of wine because she's like a little bit <laughs> she's a little oh, loose yo. <laughs> she's a little loose and she's like what the hell are you doing here and Simone's very much there to confront her and tells her like the last person who told me to go away didn't things didn't end well for them and opens a backpack with <laughs> a severed head in it like I, 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 be- I think it was Mrs. Fletcher I think it was Mrs. Fletcher's head. Oh, yeah, no. Mrs. Fletcher is always in the bag. That is... Uh, oh, my God! That Mrs. Is Fletcher's thing. in the bag! Wow. Wow. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? So after talking to Eric, Monica is like, she's on it. She's starting to put the pieces together. She goes to Mrs. Fletcher's house to confront Simone and finds a horrifying smell along with the red yep. dress. And the security footage that Andre had gotten from the club and that was taken by Simone. Oh, it's like it's like in in the detective movies when you figure out everything and then when she sees it, she's like. (laughs) All the pieces are coming together. And like she calls BB and she's just like, okay, what's good? And then somehow like. Simone comes by and then like Monica's just like, yo, da 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 like, I know what's going on. Like, this is kind of fucked up. Like, I don't really like this. No, 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 no. And like Simone gets triggered. Like you could see it. Like you kind of see like she wanted to reach for something and like go off. But she's like, Zen for some reason. I think it's because like, I think she acknowledges like she wants like a sibling and she wants her as a sister. Yeah, it's she a wants very a very interesting dynamic. From this. Yeah, like she wants a family, which is sad. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, but don't kill anybody though. It's too anybody. late for that. It's too late for <laughs> yeah, that. Too late. BB's detective work obviously leads somewhere, and she gets the inside scoop from one of Simone's old co-workers and finds out that Simone supposedly killed her mom in a fire. And this was you know, supposedly the result of years of merciless bullying uh, that, you know, landed her in a mental facility. And she was determined to find her long lost father 
who she told everyone was the mayor of Houston. And they obviously thought she was psychotic. They're like, oh, that probably made it worse for the bullying. Because it's just like, yo, like, that's not your daddy. Like, your daddy's somebody else. So, of course, Simone goes to confront Monica and ends up kidnapping her. And we Mm -hmm. go through the stereotypical bad guy reveal where she lets all of her secrets out and shows her the severed head, of course. We find out that Andre's dead. Andre, poor Andre. Gone. Yeah. Gone. But Mama Denise is still in the closet. and She's trapped in the closet. Trapped in the closet. And has to listen as Simone reveals to Monica this deep-seated secret that she is the love child of the deceased father, And that they met on the campaign trail years ago Mm -hmm. and that they paid her a considerable amount of money to disappear with this child, which we now know Mm -hmm. to be the very unhinged Simone. Right. That's why I'm just like, yo, like the way like you rich people move in your spaces like that. And then like the way she treated her at the restaurant. You're just like, dog, but like... Listen. Tried to pay them off and act like it wasn't a thing, and like the dad being like, "Cause like, don't ever forget that the dad was like, yo, so like, I'm gonna meet up with you, and I'm basically gonna tell you that like, us even considering knowing each other would be bad for my daughter and my image, and you're basically just a burden and a stain, and that's what you are, and that's what you will always Triggered. be. Trigger nice ass Triggered. way." Immediately triggered. You know what I mean? Triggered. So that bitch my guy. took whatever she took and put it in his drink, and that bitch killed her daddy. And I'm like, Their what? daddy. She killed their daddy. Their daddy. T H E I air daddy. Like, <laughs> it was wild. I was like, oh, that's a nice twist. I like that. I'm like, shit. Yeah, see, you killed him no, too. You're right. There's a lot about this movie that's very predictable. I will say, I did not expect that. Simone would have been the one that killed their father. Uh-uh. I thought that was just natural happenstance. I'm yeah. like, shit, he broke said, my heart. So I stopped, so I stopped his, his. And I was like, fuck yeah. Uh. And then, of course, we have BB to the rescue. K. Michelle coming <laughs> through to- Super Beeb. Mess it up. And she, like, smashes- She, she crashes the window. <laughs> she smashes Simone over the head, which creates an opportunity for Monica and Denise to escape- And in the commotion, Simone comes to eventually and strikes a match and sets the house on fire. Oh, yeah. She's like, fuck it. She's a pyro. Let it burn. Fire starter. Simone, not fire starter. And we jump forward in time and we see that Monica is at her father's grave and she is mourning him once again. And we learn that her mom did survive. I don't, did we find out whether, whether BB survived? This is the thing, because when they do out. that whole tussle, like, we, at one point, because of getting all the commotion, like, Simone just fucking, like, at first, Simone's getting her ass kicked, and then, like, she just fucking hulks out and just fucking slams, and then, like, you think BB's dead, because she just fucking bashes her head a bunch, and, like, the fire, and we don't know what happens. Yeah, I don't and, know, like, Simone meets her end when Monica jokes her with a pipe, her. and... Yeah, oh, we yeah, still don't it was know. a pipe. We don't know what happened to BB. BB is a mystery. No. But we Until... do know that Mama is fine and that Monica is fine and that 
Monica got the promotion at work because the movie ends with her walking out to host the new tea time and Ellen mm-hmm. sitting in the audience with her crusty oh, ass cheesed. face. She ain't happy, but she could stay mad. <laughs> she couldn't be mad. Oh, this is what happens. This she is what stay happens mad. because when they do that, Monica's like, yo, and I want to give a shout out to my best friend, BB. And like, BB just has like a, a, oh, a bandage right. on her head and like a BB's little bit of home, like a watching the show. You're she got right. like a, a little carpal tunnel, a little carpal tunnel, like brace kind of thing with her new man. <laughs> it's a happy ending for BB. It's truly yeah, a happy no. ending for BB. <laughs> BB saves her friend, doesn't die, and gets. BB's the real like, hero of this movie. BB is the actual hero of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the one true like, hero BB to forever. Rule them all. The one true ride or die. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You know, like, that's the thing. That's the film. Like, this is the thing. I will say the only thing about the film is that, like, you know, the deaths are pretty easy. Like, you know, except for, like, when you realize she actually cut fucking Mrs. Fletcher's head off. But, like, you don't know that until the end and you actually don't see it. Yeah, there's no real gore involved. There's a lot of bashing. Yeah. There's a lot of bashing of heads. Yeah. People get bashed a lot. But, yeah, I would say I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed enjoyed it, too. For a lifetime t- made-for-TV movie, I I have to yeah. say I really enjoyed it. Like let it let it slap as much as it possibly can. Yeah, we got, we, <laughs> and it really within, did like, slap. the situations, right? It was fun. It was a fun ride. I will say it goes pretty straightforward. Like they don't really mince anything. They're just like A B C E F G all the way to Z. Like if you can if you can do that, that's it. Like nothing drags. No, I will say, the proof is in the pudding. Because clearly the film did quite well. It was, according to Wikipedia, it was the most viewed Lifetime original film since Wendy Williams, the movie, which I haven't seen. But I can imagine that this single black female was better than the Wendy Williams story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like, I will say it was very, because like, that was the one thing I did. I watched... I hadn't seen single white female in like so long. Like I saw it when I was little. And so I wanted what I wanted to do is I wanted to watch them side by side to see certain things. And I will say that like they did very good interpretations of making it their own Mm -hmm. with having things that were so similar. Like the masturbation part is pretty close, but like instead of it being like her watching them, it's actually like, in single white female, it's the ginger chick watching the chick who eventually pretends to be her, like masturbating. Like there's like there's little things like that that are like still similar and da da da. Like the family thing of like Simone being like the family member is different than in single white female. It's the fact that like the girl had a twin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like we still have the dynamics of all that type of stuff, and I of really did appreciate lost family, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that it was their own take on it and like not everything was the same. Even the thing about the clothes and the style, like for this film, it was fine to loan clothes and all these other things. And I would tell totally, me like I would personally like establish it being like with like, yo, being a big girl, sometimes you can't find good shit. OK, mm-hmm. you can find good, good, good shit. But sometimes you're just like, yo, sometimes this just ain't working and sometimes it doesn't fit right. And da da da. So I understand like, you know. The big girl camaraderie. I was like, yeah, do it. But like in the original one, like the girl does not like it whatsoever that like the chick has like certain things that are similar 
to even just dress. Like that is like a, a red flag for her. She's like, nope, sorry, bye. Even though she still stays there. I'm like, well, then you're just asking to get attacked then. I'm like, <laughs> that should be the red flag. If that's your red flag, you know what? Make sure she's not your roommate anymore. So I will say like, yeah, it would be, it'd be a fun movie to just like watch from time to time. I enjoyed myself. I enjoy watching a black psycho. Why? Because like, see, that's it for me. There's only so many. I just love how blackity black black the film is. And Mm -hmm. I love how many references to black culture and identity are present. I'm always happy anytime I see a black woman in film or TV wake up or go to bed with her head wrapped because that's like um, almost every black woman, woman or black person in general goes to bed with their head wrapped. And it's just, I'm sick and tired of seeing black women go to bed with like, you know, their hair loose where without them waking up and having them wake up with perfect hair, it's just not right. I'm like, just, that ain't real. It's just false. I'm like, it's not in memoirs of a geisha. It ain't going to happen in any other film. You know no. what I mean? Like no. if the hair is out of place, the hair is out of place. Exactly. I also love that like in the bad guy reveal towards the end of the film, when Simone is giving them her entire backstory and she's they're in Monica's childhood bedroom home. Yeah. Which is an opportunity for her to reflect on the life that she never had growing up without a father and what she, she picks up this doll and it's a black baby doll. And she points out that that represents that Monica was raised with parents that loved her and Wanted her to love herself. That taught her to, to love herself her and skin. the skin that she's in. And then she says, gross. Which I yeah. thought was yeah. freaking hilarious. Um, because it obviously was. it's not gross. She's just bent that she didn't ex- that she wasn't raised with that experience. Because yeah, no. I'm someone who was lucky enough to be raised with that experience. And I know that it's mm-hmm. rare. Me as well. It's rare. You know, and like, I think she was a, you know, I think for her first time in being like, a little psycho villain. Like, I enjoyed it. I was like, good for you, Amber Riley. Mm-hmm. Kick it. Mm-hmm. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. I be, think she did a great be, job. Be that. I think she did a great, yeah. great job. You know what I mean? I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. Do your thing. Bring the formaldehyde. Burn a bitch's face. Do whatever <laughs> you want to do. <laughs> oh, well, on that note, we thank Amber Riley. We thank the rest of the cast and creative team for this film. And we thank we you. Lifetime. We thank you for joining us for another episode of the Ghouls and Galdam podcast. Please remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Ghouls and Galdam. That's G H O U L Z N G Y A L D E M, baby. Yo, and let us know what black horror film you'd like us to review next. Yes. Please slide into our DMs, send us your recommendations, show us some love, and make sure you tell all your friends about us. Yo, and Girls and Galdem is a bone lace production in association with Two Skins Entertainment. Production support was provided by James Carlisle and Andy Dolgan on behalf of Toronto-based Big Bad Audio. Check them out at bigbad.ca. And our bop of a theme song was recorded by Trombotai. Check him out. Fucking blues clues. Amazing.